time God. And we celebrate that this morning. Again, God, as we look into your word, open our eyes that we will see wonderful things from your law. In Jesus' name, amen. Once again, John chapter 15, just one verse for our sermonic text reading this morning, verse 11. Jesus said, these things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. Amen. Amen. I want to preach this morning from the subject, experiencing the joy of the Lord. One of the Greek words for joy is the word chara, chara, and it means delight or pure delight or a supernatural delight that comes only from having a relationship with God. Many people are happy um, and happiness does not necessarily come from God. People are happy sometimes about a lot of ungodly things, but but joy, chara, comes directly from God. It's a supernatural blessing that God gives to his people. The difference between, or one of the differences between joy and happiness is that happiness can be controlled by external motivating factors. Uh, for example, if I apply for a job and I get it, I'm happy. Uh, if my car is running, I'm happy. If I get uh, relationships that I want, I'm, I'm happy. But, but joy is deep down inside of us, and nothing can touch it. It's not controlled by the things that go on around us. It's a supernatural phenomenon that comes directly from God. Jesus spoke of a fullness of joy that he was eager to give to his disciples. Jesus says, I want my disciples and all of those who follow me to have joy. And one of the ways that people know that we are Christians is by our joy. They see the joy of the Lord in our lives. Sister Pickett and I walk around uh, Lake Hollingsworth quite a bit, and there's a, there are a group of people out there, and they're from a group that um, we don't agree with theologically, but they're there, and they uh, will reach out to people and try to win them into their particular organization, and I've said on a number of occasions as we walked around and we speak to them, and they just sit there, and sometimes they, they give a fake smile, and I've said to Sister Pickett, man, I mean, I wouldn't want any part of that group. There's absolutely no joy. Joy draws people to Jesus. When Christians are joyful on the job, at school, in the neighborhood, people want to know the source of your joy. That's what Jesus, he wanted, to, he wanted his disciples to experience the, the fullness of, of joy. Well, what exactly was the joy that, that Jesus spoke? It certainly was not the joy of being popular, although he was the center of, every, of attraction in every group and the center of attention. He was not seeking applause that come from those who obtain positions of fame. The joy of Jesus was not uh, of financial, about financial security. Birds of the air have nests, foxes have holes, but son of man has nowhere to lay his head, the scripture teaches. 
It was not about financial security and the satisfaction accompanied uh, by a strong financial portfolio. Even though those things have a place, that's not what Jesus was talking about. The joy of Jesus was not the joy of, of, of strong social, civic, or political, or religious ties or affiliations. Rather, when Jesus spoke concerning joy, he was talking about a supernatural phenomenon that was far more precious than anything this world could offer. And you know the thing about that supernatural joy is that you can't fake it. I mean, you can't, but those who are really walking with the Lord know that there's no joy there. This is a supernatural joy. And Jesus was talking about this joy that was more precious than anything this world could offer. Jesus was talking about a joy that money can't buy. Money can buy happiness, but money can't buy joy. He was not talking about a joy that men and women can produce. He was not talking about joy that can be voted in or out of office, a joy that is subject to popular opinion, circumstances, or situations. No, when Jesus talked about joy, he was talking about the awareness of God's grace and favor. And delight, which he experienced every moment of his life. Now let's examine four types of joy Jesus experienced. Because by following his example, we will be able to experience the same type of joy. First, Jesus experienced the joy of knowing God as his father. That's step one. In order to have the kind of joy that Jesus talks about, we must have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Jesus' favorite title for God, you know from your Bible study, was Father. When Jesus prayed, he addressed God as Father. He taught his disciples to approach the throne of grace saying, Our what? Father. Before Jesus died on the cross, paying your sin debt in mind, Luke 23, 46 records Jesus as saying, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. In the eyes, in the mind, in the heart, in the very soul, in the very essence of Jesus' being, the eternal God was more than a vague blur. God was more than a distant relative to Jesus, more than the principle behind creation, more than the divine architect, more than the motion that set everything else into motion. No, to be sure, in the eyes of Jesus, God was a loving heavenly father. And when we know him as a loving heavenly father, we will experience chara joy, a supernatural delight. Jesus was eager for his disciples to experience and appreciate the joy associated with knowing God for themselves. You may know a lot of people. You may know a lot of people and be involved in company of some great people, but they will never produce the joy that being in relationship with God will produce. Question, is there anybody here 
and worship this morning in this sanctuary who is experiencing the joy of knowing God for yourself. Is there anybody here who can testify uh, I have uh, th- who can testify that I perhaps found love on a two-way street but lost it on a lonely highway, but I still have joy because even though I lost that love, I know God loves me. Is anybody here that can say I got passed over for promotion? I know I deserved it, was the best qualified, but I still have joy. Is anybody here that can testify that I've had some sunshiny days? And some rainy days, but I still have the joy of experiencing God as my father. Is there anybody here who can relate to the songwriter who wrote the words, I have a maker. He formed my heart. Before even time began, my life was in his hands. I have a father. He calls me his own. He'll never leave me no matter where I go. He knows my name. That ought to make you shout. That ought to bring some joy into your life that God knows your name. Politicians may not know your name. CEOs may not know your name. Presidents of companies may not know your name. Pastor may not even know your name. But the joy of the Lord should be associated with the fact that he knows your name. Songwriter says he knows my every thought. He sees each tear that falls and hears me when I call. Oh, what joy is produced through having a deep, abiding relationship with the Father through Jesus Christ, the Son. Step one, if you want to experience joy, you must have a relationship with Jesus that is real, personal, and practical. Not fakery, not fraudulent, not phony, but real personal and practical and supernatural joy will be yours. Second, Jesus experienced the, glo- experienced the joy of glorifying God. Jesus said in John 17, 4, I have glorified you on earth. I have finished the work you have given me to do. Jesus came in the world to reveal the nature of God to the hearts of humankind. He came as a tangible touchable expression example and a triumphant illustration of God's plans for his people he came to reveal the greatness of God's love for a people who had fallen and could not under their own power get up he came according to John 10 10 that we may have life And life more abundantly. He came so that we could have an opportunity to experience, get this, God's love and God's grace and God's mercy. 
He came that all who call upon his name, the name of Jesus, shall be saved. Jesus experienced the joy of glorifying God with every ounce of his being, even while hanging on the cross of Calvary. The writer of Hebrews 12, 2 states, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Get this, who for the joy, even while he hung on the cross, supernatural joy, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Notice, Jesus experienced the joy of the Lord even while he was going through. That's real joy. We ought to follow the example of Joshua and the children of Israel even before the walls of Jericho fell. They shouted. What is it that produces the shout even when you're going through? Produces the shout even before you get the victory. It's joy. It's in Joshua 16 and 6. If you want the joy of the Lord in your life, if you want to experience the fullness of God's joy, follow Jesus' example and glorify him. Live for him. Live a life that's pleasing to him. Lift him up. Praise the name of Jesus with your lips and with your life. Sing with uplifted voices the words of that old familiar hymn of the church down at the cross where my Savior died. Down where from cleansing from sin I cried. There to my heart was the blood applied. Glory to his name. If you want to experience the fullness of God's joy, glorify him. Not only with your lips, but glorify him with your life. Glorify him with every fiber of your being. Third, Jesus experienced the joy of obeying the will of God. In John 4, 34, Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Jesus said to his disciples, my food, translation, my satisfaction, explanation, my contentment, my fulfillment, my joy in life comes directly from doing the will of of my father. If you want to experience the fullness of God's joy, do his will unconditionally. Doing the will of God as far as Jesus was concerned was paramount. Nothing brought him greater joy than having his life lined up perfectly with the will of God. And so it is with us. Nothing will bring joy to our lives like knowing that our lives are lined up with the will of God. Nothing brings the joy of the Lord like knowing that we are obeying him, that we are walking in his word, walking in his way, and walking in his will. That, my brothers and sisters, produces real joy. 
Want to know why so many people don't have the joy of the Lord? Why so many people are angry and, and, and hateful and cruel and, and bitter, even some that you may work with, just bitter people and just spewing out a poisonous venom. People on the highway are angry and, and bitter and upset and in a rage. It's because their lives are not lining up with the will of God and the joy of God is not there. Jesus reiterates his stance concerning the dominant place of God's will in his life in John 6, 38, saying, For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but the will of him who sent me. One of the joys of being a pastor is to do the will of God. That's where joy is. Joy is not in the size of the congregation. Joy is not in the salary and the benefit package. Joy is not in prestige and prominence and power. Joy is in doing the will of God. To be able to get up and and do the will of God. Jesus spent three years of his earthly ministry teaching his disciples to make the will of God the priority of their lives. Even in teaching them to pray, Jesus instructed them to always place the will of God before their own. Why? Because Jesus knew that that the will of God would produce lasting joy in their lives. Jesus taught them to place the will of God before their own. Jesus taught them to pray in Matthew 6, 9, and 10. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus modeled the preeminent place of God's will while agonizing in the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus prayed in Matthew 26, 39, Oh, Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, as I will... But as you will. Nevertheless, not, he said, as I will. The joy is not in my will. But as you will, the joy of the Lord in our lives is produced fully when we follow the will of God. Today, the voice of Jesus echoes down the corridors of time some 2,000 years, revealing unto us in the 21st century church the reality that true joy, lasting joy, the joy that supersedes all understanding is intimately and ultimately tied into our being obedient to the will of God. If joy is lacking in our lives, we need to check our obedience to make sure that we are lined up with the will of God. The implication is the text, and the text is clear and concise. The reason why some are so mean-spirited, hateful, vindictive, full of jealousy, envy, strife, is because they are doing life outside of the will of God. They have decided to do life their way, and when they exited God's will, the joy of the Lord exited their lives. But if they come back and do the will of God, God's joy will be there. 
fourth and finally this morning, Jesus experienced the joy of giving himself for others. Luke records Jesus as saying in Acts 20, 25, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Now, most of us know that this is a favorite verse to be used at offering time. Nothing wrong with that. However, this verse is more than a pump primer for taking up an offering. Y'all know what a pump primer is, y'all. Right, Google it if you don't know. Priming the pump. This verse represents a foundational principle by which Jesus lived. In Mark 10.10, 10, Jesus says of himself, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. We live in a world today, my brothers and sisters in Christ, saturated with takers. But Jesus wants his followers to experience the joy that comes only when we are givers. Givers are those who have found purpose and meaning in life, serving others. Givers have come to understand that you cannot be God-given. Givers know that the more they pour out themselves into ministry, into the helping of others, the more God pours back into them. Givers experience joy in giving because of the greatest gift ever given. For God so loved the world that he gave Jesus. That whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Imagine the joy God must have felt when he gave us Jesus. And the joy we experience when we receive Jesus. Whoever believes in me, Jesus says, will have joy. Whoever believes in him can sing unashamedly this joy that I have. The world didn't give it to me. And the world can't take it away. The joy of Jesus is permanent for those who trust him. The joy of Jesus is perfect for those who remain in his will. The joy of Jesus is practical for those who make up in their mind to be givers, pouring their lives out in ministry rather than takers. And the joy of Jesus is available to you and to me and to all who will trust and obey. Father.